You're listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast, where we explore the connection between a fit body and positive mental health. And our big mission, it's to help 10,000 runners to develop fitter minds in the next two years. I'm your host, Michelle Frost. Let's get moving. This episode of the Fit Mind Fit Body podcast. Today we talk to the amazing Sue Robertson. Sue is 64. She only started running in her early 50s and now she runs 200 mile races on the trails. Enjoy. Today on Fit Mind Fit Body, I am delighted to introduce you to Sue Robertson. Hello, Sue. Hi, Michelle. How are you? I'm really good. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. That's good. And where where am I talking to you from? Where where do you live? I'm in Perth, in Western Australia. Ah, so well, we're almost about as far away as you can get from each other in <laughs> <Yes>. Australia, <laughs> aren't we? Always this amazing internet thing. Yeah. Uh, so um, this podcast has meant that I've had lots of referrals, and I'm meeting lots of new people, and we all have this you know, amazing hobby in common, which is awesome. And you're one of those. So it will be a delight for me to get to know you a bit more. Uh, And everyone else who's listening will get to know you at the same time. So well, thank you. Cool. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. It is an absolute pleasure. So tell us, Sue, just a little bit about yourself. So where did you grow up? Um, My pre-teenage years, I was born and grew up in England Mm -hmm. and, um, when I was about 15, my father um, got a job in Hong Kong. So we, so the family upped and left the UK and moved to Hong Kong. And a, a massive, massive cultural difference from a little t- tiny village in England so to going over to this massive um, cosmopolitan yeah. place. And neither of my sister or I wanted to go, but... But we, we, you know, that was the way it yeah. was. So we went. We absolutely loved it. So I did. Um, I, I had to finish my senior years at school there. So I had two, one year at high school there. Um, my sister went to boarding school back in the UK. Mm-hmm. I went back to UK to do a secretarial college when I finished at at high school, mm-hmm. and then I went back to Hong Kong and. Um, as a qualified secretary, there wasn't a lot of choice in those days. Back in the in the seventies, you were either a secretary or yeah. a school teacher or yeah. a policeman or a nurse. Um, so I did actually work for the Hong Kong government for about six months, and then I was given an amazing opportunity. So at the time that I was there, they were building a a big, large oceanarium um, called Ocean Park. Yeah. And I managed to score a job as a, um, it was in those days I was called a showgirl. So I worked with the dolphins and the sea lions. That's amazing. Yeah. So it, and it was amazing. Um, I got to learn to train the dolphins. I got to ride the dolphins. I got to ride the killer whale. Um, And I was there about four years. And I, that's where I met my first husband. He was also a dolphin trainer. And 
it was a, a, an incredible, incredible experience. I, I feel very privileged to have been able to do that. That secretary to dolphin trainer. Yes. <laughs> Not everyone can say that, I guess. No, I don't think so. <laughs> no. Um, and then um, my husband then got offered a job in Perth in um, one of the northern suburbs called Yanchet. They had a big yeah. marine park that they were opening called Atlantis Marine Park. Uh-huh. So then I brought my, my son was six months old then. Um, so our little family then came over to Perth and worked at the um, Atlantis Marine Park in Yanchet. Wow. Pretty much until it closed down. Um, we were very fortunate. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Amazing, amazing life. So how long were you, did you stay a dolphin trainer? I'm just, there's so many questions popping into my head. <laughs> <laughs> At the same time, it's like, were you a dolphin trainer that whole time or so, how does that work? No, I was. I was def- dolphin to seal? I don't know. I you- actually didn't have a lot to do with training the sea lions. We okay. were involved with the sea lion show, but I didn't actually train the sea lions. And I certainly had about four years of training dolphins in Hong Kong. Yeah. Um, and I used to, have, when we came to to Perth, um, I then had my son. Yeah. So I wasn't working really then, but eventually okay. I, because I could actually ride the dolphins, if the girls were off sick or on holiday, I could fill their job in in the park, in the, in the riding the dolphins in the show. So I was lucky yeah. to do that. Um, so I was really just a fill in once we hit, yeah, hit Perth. Yeah. Um, and then I worked, I actually ended up working in the souvenir shop there oh, wow. part time because by now I had, I had two children. So I used to work part time and the children used to go to, to a babysitter. Oh. Oh, so that probably went in, until about, um, came in 81 so probably about 87 yeah so I was probably there we were probably there about six years yeah yeah Yeah. Um, just reversing for a minute how long did your parents stay in Hong Kong for they stayed until about 1983 so they were there about eight years yeah and then they went back to the the United Kingdom Mm -hmm. but my sister stayed in Hong Kong and to this day her daughter still still lives there um, my sister has since moved around the world and now but is um, retired in, in Portugal. But, yeah, we've still got one member of the family still in Hong Kong. That's good. That means you can go back and visit easily and <laughs> if you want to. Yeah, I, and I a... did until until kind of COVID hit. I was going back. Um, in fact, no, pre-COVID. I probably went back for about 10 years hmm. um, and used to stay with my sister and then she moved to Portugal so um, yeah. permanently. So. Um, I have been over there once. That's interesting. Right. My, we, um, my father worked there for a while. He's British as well. Oh, right. Um, but I haven't been there. I've been to the maybe the airport, but I haven't actually been. It's crazy. Anyway, um, he worked there for at least a couple of years in charge of the, um, I think it was the, he's electrician. So he was the head electrician. So he was in charge of all the expat electricians building I think it was a railway at the time. Oh, like no way. 90s, I think, 90s. Because my dad, that's why my dad went oh. out there. My dad was the operations manager for the Mass Transit Railway. Oh, there you go. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> anyway, that's what I mean. He was, he was by then living in Australia, but that was a job that he um, he did and that's why he was there. And, but my husband, his father, and when he was young, was interred in, they were living in Hong Kong at so this is 
World War II, they were living in Hong Kong oh, with his gosh. family. And then when the war came, they were, he was in um, a prisoner of war camp there for four years from the age of six to 10 or something like that. His, oh my, my husband's father. So we feel like we have this connection with Hong Kong anyway, yes, but absolutely. we haven't, um, you know, well, bits of our family have, but we haven't been there. Yes. <laughs> yes. Wow. It is an incredible place. That's it for is. sure. I think it's probably changed considerably since yeah. I lived there, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I certainly relish the years I was there. It was, yeah. it was a real privilege. Actually, I've had there. a client too, who, who lived there a long time and, like you said, like from Britain and and she talked a lot about it and uh, she was a friend of mine and client right up, um, including this time, uh, you know, with all of the the Chinese stuff that was going on before COVID. And yes. she, by then she'd moved to New Zealand, but she was quite, you know, upset by all of that that was happening. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This keeps coming up all the time in my life, Hong Kong. And on the podcast, <laughs> I've had heaps of people say that they lived there different oh, periods right. so it's quite interesting yes it because be quite a some, hmm. yes and and as i found out later on it also has some amazing running trails there yes yes, yes. yes. i have also that's what one of the podcast people told me which i wouldn't have known because yes yeah, anyway. yeah. <laughs> it's fascinating yeah. no we all just want to go to hong kong and go for a run the trails. yes <laughs> <laughs> so, so when you were a child do you remember doing much sport? Like, was it in, in your life apart from what you know? School made you do. <laughs> I did. I used to ride pony. Oh, okay. So that was my sport. Yeah. I I think I I think I might have played netball at school. Yeah. yeah. Um, and certainly later on, I remember doing hurdles, but that was about the only school. running kind of Athletic. thing that I ever did. I tried. To, I hated hockey. Yeah. I always tried to get out of the swimming. So. <laughs> I really didn't do much when I, sports-wise apart from horse riding. When you became um, a dolphin person, that's, that would have required an amount of fitness, I would think, to maintain in order to uh, do that. Yes, but I don't think I actually did anything. I don't, I don't remember doing any exercise. I certainly didn't go to a gym. So it just kind of came yeah. naturally, you know, your, your abilities in the water and things with the with yeah the I, yes I yeah. and I couldn't even really swim well I could do breaststroke but oh, wow. <laughs> that's amazing maybe the dolphins knew that they're quite empty yeah, they were quite happy to come and rescue me yes. look after you <laughs> <laughs> thank goodness <laughs> so yes so you get to the end of the, the <clears throat> sea world type of experience yes um, or Atlantis I think you said um yes what did you do then what was your life um, we actually moved up to Karatha for a couple of years, um, which is yeah. in the north of Western Australia. Um, and I worked in um, my then husband got a job as a duty manager at one of the hotels. Mm -hmm. And I ended up working in reception in that hotel. Yeah. Um, and we were there for a couple of years. And I actually loved, I loved Karatha. Um, the, my children were foreign no, they must be about five and seven. So they went to primary school and I used to work around the hours that they they were at school. And so we actually lived on site. We lived in the hotel in an apartment that they had there and had two years there. Um, came back to Perth mainly because my mother-in-law, unfortunately, had breast cancer. So that was what brought us back to Perth. And I really didn't know what to 
to do once I got back here. And again, another opportunity, very good friends of mine had a friend who was opening a hat shop in the city, in in her city, a hat shop. Milliner. Yes, except it was more, um, it was more, I would like to say it was more men's hats. So it was hats that are already made. I wasn't making anything. I really there was, um, I became, I was the manager in the end. Oh, wow. um, In the hat shop. I loved it. And I was there for about 24 years. Oh, wow. (laughs) So So yes. Secretarial, water and retail. Yes. Yes. Does that sound right? That sounds right. And so you so, know a lot about hats, men's hats. I certainly did, yes. So that was until about 10, 10 years ago, 11 yeah. years ago. And I did love it. And it, and the the man who who owned the, the shop mm-hmm. um, pretty much gave me free reign to do it. run it the way I wanted to do it. And, again, I was I was lucky. I used to work 9 till, 9 till 3.30, so I was home by the time my son and daughter got home from school. Um, and five days a week, and wow. yeah, it was perfect, absolutely perfect. <laughs> and I and in those days, I had gone back to horse riding. So when I was when I was about thirty five, I started riding again, and I would just go to a riding school and ride. And in that time, um, my first husband and I had mm-hmm. split up. Yep. Um, but I did meet my second husband there. <laughs> And so I, we, we used to ride every, every weekend. And then when I had my 40th birthday, my parents gave me some money and I went and bought my own horse. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, Is that the that, first time you'd owned a horse? I did have a pony in England before yep. we left for Hong Kong, yep. um, which we just used to keep in a paddock down the road. But yep. um, this, was, this was different. So, as yes. an adult, yeah. As an adult, yes. Yep. yes. Oh, that's awesome. So I was very fortunate. So I, I used to ride pretty much like two or three times during the week. I'd go after the kids were home from school, we'd go out and see the horse and, and I'd ride and I'd ride on the weekends as well. Wow. Um, so, so, so what kind of riding thing. were you doing? Were you... At the time then I was doing, um, we did a little bit of eventing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then unfortunately about two years after I got that horse, it, it, it picked up a condition, which is not, there's nothing that you can do about it called the wobbles. Which um, it's like a para, a para, paralysis. I can't say the word. Um, paralyzing of the something to do with the nerves in the spine, and they can't oh. control their legs. Oh. And it was really sad. So I had to have him put oh. down, um, and that was very sad. The upside was um, because one of the ladies I worked with also was into horses. Mm. She had suggested to me that I actually had him insured, which is what I did do. Yeah. And so sadly, when this all happened, I then had some money and I was able to buy this amazing show jumping horse. Ah. Um, so it, it kind of, yeah, it kind of worked out in the end. And I, and for about oh, eight or oh, nine years, I did show jumping with this beautiful horse. Yes. Oh, was, gosh. Yes, that was, that was amazing. Yeah. Because even um, that, the, well, having, I've had horse riding in my, um, past also, <laughs> no, oh, but not, wow. not so much eventing or, but, and I just grew up on a farm and we had lots of horses. And mm. I had my own horse. We had this, that sort of thing. Um, but I do know that it requires a considerable amount of fitness as well when you're doing that kind of activity. I imagine with the, um, with the horse, uh, with jumping, with show jumping as well, yes. you would have had to, 
at least maintain a certain level of fitness in some way? I guess I did. But again, I think it was purely just from riding or walking. I still, I couldn't run, couldn't run to save my life. Um, <laughs> didn't certainly didn't go to a gym. So it was, it must have been just, just being fit from doing whatever I was doing in yeah. working in the shop or, or, you know, walking to the bus stop and all that sort of stuff. I still didn't yeah. know about fitness as such. So you must have had quite a natural, I mean, first it feels like you're very natural with animals, like you must have quite a, <laughs> a thing with animals, which is cool. Yeah. But that you must have a level of, yeah, some people seem to have more innate fitness or whatever than, than the rest of us. I don't know how that works and it's really not fair because the moment I stopped yeah. running for a week, it's like, it's yeah. crazy. And definitely that's... Um, I can definitely say that after I stopped horse riding. So in the end, I I just lost my nerve. I lost my nerve yeah. with show jumping. Yeah. Um, and I was able to pass her on to a junior mm-hmm. who had a great, a great career with her. But then, yes, suddenly everything changed when I wasn't doing anything. Oh. I was, yeah, I was like, I really need to do something to kind of maintain some yeah. kind of fitness. And so is that when you decided that maybe you should do running or did you try them well it kind of um so I, I actually ended up leaving my job so yeah. I, reti- I retired as such mm-hmm. um and my daughter had two small children mm-hmm. and she said I think we should go to the gym and I'm like what, what? <laughs> so she persuaded me she she persuaded me to go um I think and do no, before that, before that, when I thought I needed to do something, mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember Curves. I do remember Curves. Yes. yes. <laughs> so I think after I'd sold my horse, literally, I think I had about six or eight months when I was still at work. Mm-hmm. And that's when I suddenly noticed things were changing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would have been in my early 50s. Yeah. And I was like, I need to do something. And somehow I heard about Curves and I thought, oh, maybe I can do that. Mm-hmm. And I remember going to Curves. And I used to probably go two or three times a week. And all I can remember now is the, the thing going, change station now. And yeah. I was like, oh, goodness. And I did it for a while. And I met a friend of mine who I used to work with at the Marine Park. And I, and she was actually a personal trainer. And she said to me, you're going to curse? And I went, yeah. She said, how can you do that? And I was like, oh, no, it's easy. I just go and tell me what to do. And I just go around in circles, you know. But then when my daughter decided to go to a gym and she persuaded me to go and join one of her classes, and I think it was a body balance class, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, now this is different and this yeah. is better than curves. And I remember having to have, um, they they tr- they want to hook you into the gym yeah. system, obviously. And I remember yeah, I having a couple of sessions with a, yeah, with a personal trainer and thinking, oh, yeah, no, this is, this is all right. And I and it's and also at the same time my sister I had been to see her before I actually retired from work yeah and she was a triathlete and she would and she ran and but to me I kind of I kind of knew what it was but I didn't and I didn't appreciate what she was doing I think that would be the fair, fairest thing to say and I remember going over to visit her and I was like I need to get and I think we started doing little runs together, which I really struggled in Hong Kong because the humidity was yeah. so high. Yeah. So we were, you know, it was more of a walk slash run. But um, 
that's when I decided maybe I should start doing a little bit of running as mm -hmm. well. And so I went to the, I had, I did sign up with the personal trainer. I did go and do the classes with my daughter mm -hmm. and I started running at the back of my local shopping center. And I remember having bandages on both my knees because my knees didn't really like me running. Oh. Um, and I could barely do like two, two or three Ks. But wow. the more I worked out in the gym with my yeah. personal trainer, it got stronger. The, strong, the stronger that my knees got. Mm -hmm. So eventually I was able to kind of pick up a little, a little bit of running. And that was the, that was my first wow. way. And you were early fifties then that's what you Yes. Saying. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so <laughs> what, I, I know that you've entered events since then. <laughs> so yes. It's what was of... the first event? How did that happen? Like it's the one thing to go from, oh, the personal trainer yes. in the gym who are just getting me fit because I know I need to do something to actually enter, entering an event. Yes. A whole other So story. I think it was my, I have a feeling it was my son who um, actually grew up with his his dad. And I remember him, he must have been in Perth because he did spend a lot of time over East. Um, he worked in in one of the hotels in in Cairns mm -hmm. and he must have been over here at some stage and he said mom if you're going to run you might as well do something and I was mm -hmm. like well yeah maybe and I kind of knew what the city to surf run was um and he said to me we should sign up and do the city to surf they're like the 12k one and my daughter said that she would do it with us and I was like okay that sounds like a good idea Three months, no, less than that. Two months before we went to do that, I hurt my back. Don't ask me how I hurt it. I have no idea. And I was like, damn it. And I had to pretty much walk run it. And my daughter and her and her brother, they ran it. And But the thrill of going down that finish line, I will never forget, even though I had walked run it. And I remember when he finished, like, okay, what can we do now? And and we signed, we went to, we found out there was the WA Marathon Club mm -hmm. and they used to do little runs everywhere. And there was going to be like about six weeks later, they, they were doing the 5K run at Lake Wellup, which is quite close to where we, where we yeah. live. And I said to Bank, oh, maybe we could go and do that. She was like, yeah, okay, let's go and do that. And we did. And from there, we I remember going, it sounds silly, but I remember going into our local bike shop to get, because mm -hmm. my husband and I just used to ride mountain bikes up and down the coast. Um, and we went into this bike shop to buy a bike for my sister who was coming over to visit. Mm -hmm. And we went in on a Saturday and it was really busy. And, we, and I went, don't worry, let's not worry about it now. I'll come back during the week. And I went back on my own during the week spoke to the guy in the bike shop and he said to me my wife goes to your gym and I was like oh how do you know that? she's he, he said because she's recognized your water bottle so my husband used to work for elders and his wife used to work for elders and I had an elders water bottle and she had spotted it <laughs> oh my god and, and I said and apparently I had met her like before and she and he's and I and he said she's here um, working in the shop so he got her to come out of the office and we started chatting. And she said to me that she had signed up to do the pink triathlon, which is the, like your real beginner's triathlon. They do yeah. have them in the other states. Yeah. And I said, oh, that sounds like fun. Kind of my ears going, that's what my sister does. Yeah. So I said, oh, maybe we can do that too. 
So we actually signed up to do this little pink triathlon. I could barely swim. I could, as I said, I could do breaststroke with my head like a nana. And we signed up to do this pink triathlon. Both of us had these old mountain bikes. Um, I managed somehow to get through the swim. It was in a pool. And so they had us all doing like a snake through. And, of course, I, I was shocking. But eventually I got through the, the pool bit, <laughs> jumped on my bike. We had about a 12K bike ride. And then it was like this 3K run around an oval. Uh-huh. And, and my daughter was obviously in front of me, but I will never forget coming down the finish line and she had finished and I was crying. I was <sighs> so happy. I, was, I cried all the way down the finish line and I was like, oh. oh, my God, this is incredible. And so I remember getting home on this great big high and saying to my husband, I need a real bike. I can't do this stuff on a mountain bike. I need a real bike. And so he, he did very kindly. For Christmas that year, I got a, like a proper inexpensive bottom of the thing yeah. road bike. And so I, a couple of times I rode out with the, the local bike shop because they used to do bikes, um, yeah. bike rides out of there. Yeah. But also the girl who was in the bike shop, when we went to the pink triathlon, we got given a little goodie bag. And in the goodie bag was the it was a flyer for a triathlon course. Mm-hmm. And I remember her calling me and she's saying, you should do that triathlon course. And I had looked at it and it was something like $250 or something mm-hmm. for an eight-week eight course. And I was like, well, I don't think I can afford that. And she said, oh, yes, you could. Yes, you could. And I spoke to my husband. And he said, yeah, you should do it. Do it with Bianca, my daughter, yeah. and do it with Odette. I was like, okay, let's do this. Michelle, that changed my, my life. Oh. I can honestly say. That's amazing. So we did this course. It was an eight-week course. There were probably mm-hmm. about 50 women all together, but they would turn up. They would Because there were different times of when they would do the cycling or the mm-hmm. swimming or the, or the running, you didn't all go at the, to all this each session. session. So there yeah. might be only eight or nine of you at each session. Yeah. But the whole idea was to do this eight-week course and then do the triathlon, the women's triathlon, which was in the March. So this mm-hmm. was in January. Yeah. So we did the course. I tried very hard to learn how to swim, but I still basically was doing breaststroke, to be honest. But anyway, that didn't matter. And we, the day before the, the actual triathlon, everyone got together. We all got taken out for breakfast or we went to a breakfast together with the coach and started to meet each other. And one of the ladies had said, because this is pre-Facebook days, we should keep it, we should do a, a list of everyone's names and their email yeah. addresses. Yeah, that's a good idea. So she had done that. And we all did the triathlon the next day. And I did do, I did the, the enticer, which is like the beginning one. Mm-hmm. There's like 200 meter swim, which I did with my head up above the water. <laughs> and, and, but the bike and the run, I actually, you know, was okay. Mm. Um, and I and loved it. It was so much fun. And we all went for drinks afterwards and we were all going, oh, let's all keep, you know, keep on training. Let's do something. We meet and do a run or a bike yeah. ride or whatever. Yeah. So that was what we did. And it became a core group of about 15 ladies and for various things we would meet for a cycle or a swim or a run. Um, and gradually we went through doing various different triathlons together. Oh, wow. So starting from doing the entire 
I gradually learned how to do freestyle. And some of these ladies who were good swimmers, they were amazing. They used to take me to the beach and I would learn how to freestyle. It was very scary, but oh. I went, I, but I did it. And, and 12, years, 12 years later, we're all like, there's a core group, even more of a core group now of 10 of us that are still really good friends. We've been on holiday together. Um, awesome. we, we all did um, the half Ironman in Bustleton over several years together. Yeah. And we still go out for, for dinner and stuff. Yeah, and a lot of the time now, I'm, I've kind of swung away, not from their friendship, but because of the different running that I'm doing. But we still keep in touch and... And yeah, that really did change my life. Oh, wow. That that triathlon course. Yeah. That sounds just amazing. Like just gives me shivers up and down my spine. <laughs> that was the, it's amazing when you look back and you say that was a pivotal pivotal decision that I did to to take that course, for example. Yes. Yeah. Um, or to, you know, even just open the goodies bag and look at the flyer that's exactly. in there. How many times I, do you throw that stuff out? Yes. Or if <laughs> I hadn't is. gone into the bike shop that day yeah. and seen and met you know, the guy's wife and uh, Odette and done the pink triathlon course. I, yeah, who knows? Mm, that's But awesome. that was where it all started. So do you do any more, any triathlons now? No, I did do, I, I think in the end, um, we started by doing the, the, the sprint distances and my, daughter, my mm-hmm. sister had done an Ironman back in 19... 1992 I think it was um and I was I was just in awe of what she had done but I still don't think I really realized what she did so but one year so a couple of years after I'd started training doing triathlon with these girls um my sister came over to do the Bustleton Half Ironman and it was a real thrill to be able to to watch her but we watched her the first year and she came again a second year Mm -hmm done three because we did it as a team so the girl I met in the bike shop yeah my daughter and myself entered as a team that was that was that was one year I I did do the run that year so I had actually built up my running um and then we did it as solo Uh and it was the, the water was horrendous I'll never forget thinking I'll never get through the swim it was really rough but anyway I did get through the swim and we did it so I think um, after that, I think I did about 10 half hour men in the end yeah. and progressed to do two Ironman in 2015 and 2016. Oh, wow. I, did, I did the, the full, which, in, was, in which was amazing. And you in both the, of them yeah. in Bustleton. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you must have been which very was, familiar with that course. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it like you did that course a few times in different That's ways. very true. That's very true. And even when I wasn't doing it, I used to go down, we used to volunteer or cheer on people yeah. on um, yeah. within the tri club that I, yeah. I was in. Yes. But I, what I think I've, I did forget to say was um, with the group of ladies that I was doing the triathlon group with, that when we then went off on our mm. own and were doing our, our own training mm. um, and doing triathlons. We also built up from doing half, marathons to doing a full marathon of course and i think that was in about 2013 or or no maybe 2000 i did actually write it down 2012 so seven of us from that group decided we would do the perth marathon (laughs) 
So we, I remember my sister because she was a long distance runner. I remember her, she wrote me a program. She wrote me a program for my first half marathon oh. and she wrote me us a, a, a program for our first marathon. So seven of us did the Perth marathon together Thank and God. stayed together from the mm -hmm. very start. And it was the most incredible day. So I never thought I'd ever do a marathon. It was just way out of my you know, when my sister was doing it, I was like, no way, no way I'm going to do that. But it was it was fabulous. And I've got the most amazing photo of all seven of us all crossing towards the finish line together. We actually just split because the finish line wasn't big enough to hold all seven of us in the width ways. But it was the finishing that was the rawest feeling, like the most amazing feeling, but I was so raw at the end. And thinking, oh my god, I can't even, I can't even undo my shoes because I couldn't down. <laughs> what a the most incredible, incredible feeling! Wow, when you had done it, yeah. And my sis, um, my daughter had done it in a team. I'm not sure why she just didn't do the marathon with us, mm -hmm. but certainly a couple of weeks later, she definitely had FOMO, and she's like, "Mum, the City to Surf Marathon's coming up. I really want to do that." And I was like somebody will be able to do it with you and she was like she was like yeah yeah maybe but nobody else put their hand up so this was the first marathon was in June and the city to surf was in August and in the end it was me of so course. I did the marathon with her what a great <laughs> mum you are <laughs> and it was amazing it was beautiful of course towards the end I was I was really struggling and there yeah. were friends of ours who were out there from the northern suburbs running group and they're saying like jump on our bus jump on our bus and I could barely barely jump on their bus and I think we had about five or six k's to go but it was but I but I did finish it and we finished it together oh. and that's probably another one of the yeah incredible memorable memorable moments yes oh and it, wow yeah that was very special <laughs> so what does your running look like now it's um, it's slower, and I've tipped over. Uh, so after Ironman, I pretty much turned to trail running, mm -hmm. um, and that's and that so that changed everything again. Yeah. I got I got my my daughter was doing triathlon still, and she it was all very competitive, and I think she was getting quite uptight about everything. Yeah, and um, I had done a couple of trail runs which I absolutely loved. Completely different kind of people out there. So yeah. supportive and friendly. Yeah. Um, and eventually I got Bianca to come and join me on a couple of trail runs. And so now, yeah, the last four or five years we've trail run together. Very tight, the two of you, by the sound of it. Yes. You and your daughter. Yes. It, it's, it's hard to explain but it works. <laughs> it's amazing that you've been able to share this sport together as well. Like what well, we're sports, I should say. Yes. <laughs> them, triathlon and, and then just obviously the trail running as well now. Yes. Yeah. And it's, I mean, we're so, we're different runners really, because, you know, if she, if I let her go, she's way faster than I am, mm -hmm. but we do, um, we do a lot of run walking together mm -hmm. and, but our training individually tends to be a little bit different unless we're out on the long run so yeah. we've both got different coaches um so her her midweeks her week 
stuff between Monday and Friday is generally a little bit different to mine, but we still meet and we just go and do go and do our own thing. Um, but we, yeah, we've got up to the the really big stuff now. <laughs> so tell us about that really big stuff. What is that really big stuff that you're challenging yourself with now? Um, in February, just gone, we both did the delirious two hundred miler uh-huh. uh, in Western Australia together. Oh. Makes you feel tired. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, whoever thought. That's amazing. Certainly not me. <laughs> How old are you now, Sue? 64. That's just amazing. That's just awesome. <sighs> Thank you. <laughs> it's really cool. I've only got 10 years to go and I can be like you. <laughs> oh, no. Well, there's no excuses now, I'm, Michelle. I'm sorry. I'm like 60 kilometres is my limit so far. I'm not, it's I'm still like, a long way. Oh, I, my know, I keep speaking to people like like you and um, on the podcast and I just think maybe my running isn't over, you know, my long, long distance running instead of just No, because <laughs> it slows down. I mean, when wow. we did Delirious, we all our training, which has been like this for about the last four years and has gradually obviously built up to do this it wasn't just a oh you didn't just wake up one day and go out next week and do the whole 200 no (laughs) not quite although I I had paced I paced a friend twice for delirious in various sections yeah and I had said to her on the first time I'm never going to do this (laughs) no way (laughs) (laughs) and then and then last year Bianca and I um her then partner was doing irrational Mm-hmm. which is the 200 miler in South Australia. Yep. So we were crewing for Nick um, and we had a meeting here before we went, obviously. Mm-hmm. And it was during that meeting that m- my daughter, Bianca, had said, well, maybe maybe I can do Delirious next year. Uh, who's going to be my pacer? And I said, I can't really remember what I said, but then she said, maybe we can do it together. <laughs> and I said I would never do it together because I don't like doing the dark on my own. Yeah. And that first night you are on your own. Mm-hmm. So it was only the fact that Bianca said, we can, let's do it together. That helped. Uh, that helped. And I was like, are you serious? And she's like, yeah, let's do it together. And I was like, okay. So the good thing was that we decided that before we got caught up with everything that was going on at Irrational, when we were crewing Nick, because it's, you know what it's like, you go to an event, you go, I'm going to do this. I'm going to yeah. sign up and I'm going to do that. Yeah. But we had already decided before we went that we were going to do the one. Yeah, so it wasn't just the endorphins from being a part of the whole. No, yeah. no. But it, it did give us something to work towards because um, we had done our first 100 mile about three, two, three years ago. Yeah. So we were kind of working our way up, but it was not in my sights to do the 200. That's for sure. <laughs> but the other thing I was going to say was it's a lot of hiking. Yeah. So that first day, we ran, walked probably about 60 or 70 kilometres, quite steadily. I, yeah. I mean, obviously, you've got the aid stations where you stop and you eat and you, yeah. you, know, you might be there 10 minutes. Um, but from the second day, we were hiking. But we're pretty well known for having a good hike. Um, yeah. Good hike pace. <laughs> good hike pace. And that's what it comes down to. If you can maintain that... Um, you've got every chance of of getting 
of getting through. I spoke to um, you would have you would know Kirsten Maplestone. Yes, yes, so I met her at Delirious a couple of years ago. She's been on the podcast, and um, and it was just fascinating listening to her explain to like I. I'm not a fast runner at all. I don't care about the speed as long as I yes. just beat the cutoffs. Cutoffs, for the exactly. Different, different sections and things depending on the race. That's all she yes. cares about. That's like I could yes. walk the whole thing as long as I make it by the. <laughs> and it's so that is oh. so true. That is so true. And I must admit, on the because we started our race on the Wednesday, and by Friday uh, afternoon, I was getting a little bit worried. I think we had. We were still well in front. We had like an hour and a half before cut off at Walpole because yeah. uh, the race got changed, unfortunately, because they had fires in Denmark. Mm-hmm. So instead of it being a point to point, it became an out and back. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we still had about an hour and a half on this particular aid station, which is where we would normally have sleep. Mm-hmm. And I was getting a little bit twitchy. Um, and I know Bianca was like, we're doing fine. And I was like, it's your feet. Cause, we, cause she had, she was having a lot of issues with her feet. So every aid station, they, our crew were checking her feet. I mean, it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And keeping on top of everything. But I remember who at one stage getting really cross when I said, oh, wait, it's your feet, you're holding up, you're holding us up. And she stormed off. Oh. She's not really stormed off, but she took off at a rate of knots as if to, and she was right. If we hadn't looked after her feet, we, you know, all things could have happened. Yeah. But what I was going to say is that like we had plenty of time in the end. And by we, by the time we got to about three aid stations later, we were seven hours in front of cutoff. Oh, so wow. the longer the race goes, the more, the more sort of compounding the, the more time. Mm. Yes, yeah. But hiking, so long as we could keep going, um, yeah, we were doing fine. So you do all these amazing things. You obviously, the first half of your life or wherever you want to put the line, was um, I think you, you? It seems like you stayed pretty fit just because you physically. It's something to do with your genetics, but also some of the things that you did in you know whether it was with the dolphins or with the horse or whatever. Yes. Um, yeah. They also kept you moving. You're obviously a person who keeps moving anyway, so that seems to be part of your fortune. Who you yes. are? <laughs> you know, you don't you don't just sit still. No. <laughs> like no. some people. <laughs> um, and then you end up with, you know, running through this triathlons and now into to the trail running. What do you think keeps you going? What do you think keeps you moving? Are you goal-driven um, or is it are there other things going on? I don't on? think it's goal-driven. Mm. Well, the problem, I mean, there's always, a, there's mm-hmm. always mm-hmm. that. And it was one way I remember even back in the triathlon days, and it, it's true now, I remember after my first Ironman getting what they used to call the, the blues, like Iron Man blues. When I had finished my first one, it was like, now what do I do? Oh. Well, the answer to that, sign up for another race. <laughs> of course it is. And that's carried on pretty much into the trail running now. Yeah. So one, I love, I love what happens at race day, mm-hmm. but I love the training towards race day. Yeah. I'm not a single person that will go out and enjoy the trails on my own. I probably could if I forced myself, but I enjoy the camaraderie and the social side of running with the people that we run with. Yeah. That's probably one of the biggest things. I do love being outside. I hate being cooped up inside. Mm -hmm. So this gives me nature. You always feel so good when when you're out there. I mean, even if it's raining, I still 
I still love being outside. But you get the combination of being able to exercise, enjoy nature with good friends. What yeah. more could you want? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, so you have goals right now, like so not goals. You have races, which are a goal. Yes, yes. <gasps> Already, absolutely. So, and do you think you always have one? At the like, from what you just said, then you always have a race that you are heading towards. Yeah, and it's just getting more and more silly now. Really. Oh, is it? <laughs> Tell me what's coming up. <laughs> um. So when we finished Delirious, I didn't. I, I had no plans to do another one when mm -hmm. I actually finished it. Mm -hmm. But by the next day, um, I was like, oh, I'd actually really quite like to do the original course, which is from Northcliffe to Albany. Mm -hmm. My parents lived in Albany for a number of years. They're gone now, but Albany still holds a really special place in my heart. I've still got a house down there, got mum and dad's house down there. So, and I love that coastline, the coastline, mm -hmm towards Albany from Walpole, you know, through Denmark, mm -hmm. um, it's just stunning. So I'm like, I, I'm not broken, which I wasn't. Yeah. I think we should do it again. So we've signed up to do Delirious next February. Okay. So that's a lot of training. <laughs> that's a lot of training. So, so I've actually... <laughs> do you have a, do you have a coach? You were saying that before. So yes, you have so helped with, how, with what it is that you do and yes. all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, um, I guess I have my coach is a guy called Glenn Smitheran who runs Consistent Running, which I think is a perfect name. And in fact, I signed up with him when I did my first 100 miler because yeah. I had, although I'd made my, got my goals through and I had done a 50 miler, I'd done 100 Ks to train for a, a 100 miler, I actually thought I needed help. A bit of extra. Mm -hmm. Yes. And one of the biggest things I got from that was he didn't want me to run as much as I thought I should. Yeah, that's interesting. And I think that that was, the one, that was one thing. And the other thing was the recovery after a race. Yeah. So that you don't end up thinking like two days later, oh, I need to get back out and run again, when that may not necessarily be the case. Mm -hmm. So I've now been with him since then. So certainly for delirious um you can use and what i do is quite often use a long distance race as part of your training mm -hmm. so um even before delirious i had done i did a 50 miler in the september mm -hmm. which my daughter should have done with me but unfortunately when we were training um she tripped on a step and oh. fractured her ankle so that was that was really unfortunate. She had a 3K walk out of the park that we were in, unfortunately. Um, so she couldn't do the 50 miler, but I did. Yeah. Um, which was good training again. And there's a lot of, again, I still do a lot of hiking. There was a massive cutoff because it was a hundred miler. And again, I was lucky to to be able to pick up a, a friend who was doing it and we pretty much did certainly two thirds of that together. Um, and then after that, kind of swung off a little bit but as Bianca came back from her her injury I hurt my hamstring so I could hike but I couldn't run mm -hmm. and Bianca was still building up so one of the other events we did was an event called the six inch which is a 47k run in dwelling up which is on trail but it's quite runnable trail so long as you don't trip over the hidden rocks and they're uh -huh. up so I've done it twice before and both times fallen over. 
But a few years ago, they started, somebody had done it and they do, they had suggested a 12 inch. Mm-hmm. And so years before people have actually gone out and back. So Bianca and I decided for training for delirious that we would do that. So we started from the end on the Saturday night and ran through the night. Actually, it was a hike because we weren't running. Mm-hmm. Hiked through the night to the start. It was a 4.30 a.m. start. And then we actually did the event. Mm-hmm. So the sad thing was we actually didn't make cutoff, but they, we still oh. got to finish the event. So we did like 98 Ks, um, but we had gone through the night with no sleep, which is one of the things that was part of the training for Delirious. Ah, oh, so how, how to experience yes. that and see what it's like. Yes. So that's what we had done um, for our lead up for Delirious. Mm-hmm. So this year... Um, Bianca's just poor thing. <laughs> Bianca's just come out of COVID about oh. four weeks ago. So after Delirious, we had both signed up for Light Horse Twenty Four Hour, which uh-huh. we did last year, which is another one of Sean Sean Kester's events. So I was going to say, how do you find all these events? Like, well, well, <laughs> I only Sean, hear about them on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Kester is the most amazing, amazing person. So he's gradually built up, and I remember the first time I met him was at a fifty k run and he was wearing a tutu and he had long hair and he had beard long beard I was like who is this man and he was he was just a runner that that particular day but he's the one who's started off all the all the races and most of the trail races that we do are run by him under ultra series wa or the only other ones are done by david kennedy who does um one called waters trail on foot yeah. which is in September, which is the 100 miler I yeah. did a few years ago. And he also runs the six inch. So Bianca and I should have done light horse together four weeks ago, three weeks ago. She couldn't do it. She was stuck at home. So I did it on my own. And although, and although with that kind of race, we wouldn't do together. We are, we are usually there at the start line together yeah. and she couldn't be there. And she was absolutely devastated. Oh. And, and I felt as flat as a tack. So it, it just shows how much of a bond that we do have because mm. at that start of that race, I actually thought, what am I doing here? I'm just going to go home. Oh. Um, I felt guilty even though yeah. it wasn't my fault that she was no. sick. But anyway, I did go on and I did run the 24 hours, which was great. Um, and then last weekend we did Kep Ultra, which is another one that's been revamped. It's now called Kep V2 because the original mm. used to be from... Uh, yeah, gone. gone. Some other place. Some other place <laughs> to to Mount Helena, northern, northern to Mount Helena. Okay. It was a hundred k or a seventy five k, and a few years ago that one had to stop. So Sean revamped it last year, so now it's an out and back. So you go from Bundaring to either Mount Helena and mm-hmm. back, which is the seventy five k, or or um, Mundaring to Wurlu and back. So Bianca and I did the seventy five k on Saturday. Um, yeah. she'd only, I say, just come out of COVID. She's had probably had a couple of weeks to recover. So the idea I thought was to, was to hike it, but we actually ran, ran, walked <laughs> most of it, except for the last 15 Ks, which we yeah. hiked. Yes. So that was great. Um, wow. she's got a couple more events coming on. She's, and I'm going to crew her for those. Mm-hmm. Um, she's going to do the 24 hour in a couple of weeks in the same spot. And I'll just crew her. And we've got a yeah. couple of friends coming along. So she still will get to do that and then she's going to do birdie's backyard which is in august 
which is one of those ones where you go round and round in circles on the hour, yeah. every hour. Yeah, so, I've, um, I've been a, a lap ticker. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, so you know what I mean. Oh, I and they just had the world record uh, broken last night in oh, Germany. Really? Yes, no. 90 laps. No, yes. that's ridiculous. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah, that's so... Brilliant. Um, Bianca's doing that one and I'll crew her. So our next event together will be the Waterest Trail on foot mm-hmm. in September, which is the 100 miler again. Oh, wow. Just the names of some of those races. It makes me, it's kind of, they're all very I, emotive. You're very kind of, they're like a story just in the name. <laughs> it's like, yes. And I, I think it's the, it, 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 yes, it doesn't look good on the T-shirt because on the T-shirt it's the WTF. And <laughs> people look at it. Love and that's it. why I keep saying Waterest Trail on foot. <laughs> so we'll that. we'll do the hundred miler for that, and then we'll do the plan is to do the double six inch again before delirious. So is there is there any stopping you, Sue? Do you feel like <laughs> I kind of wish there was because my plan was actually that was going to be to it to be it until I met Sean yesterday <laughs> morning. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> <laughs> and at this stage, he's um. He's kind of coerced me into doing the irrational 200 miler in South Australia next April. Next day. So that would be some, a big long one in February and a long one in April. Yeah, which is a lot. So we'll yeah. we'll just we'll just see on that one. <laughs> My poor body. I just don't, I just don't know. I I hope it's yeah. I do, do everything I can. Do you get, like you, you mentioned an injury earlier, is that a thing for you? Do you get many injuries? Um, I, ha- I think I've been fairly lucky. I've had a, I have had a stress fracture in my foot. I've had knee, knee niggles, but most of the time if it's my knees, I can manage it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I, the hamstring, yeah, it, it came back again a, a few weeks ago, but at the moment it seems to be holding its own. So that's, yeah. that's a good thing. Years ago, I used to have back issues, but that seems to have gone now. Do you do much strength stuff or is it mostly just running? What does your training kind of look like? You don't have to give us great big detail, but is it mostly just running and long running or do you do mix okay. it up a bit? So um, one of the things that I, I just go back a little bit again. Yeah. One of the things when I was with the what we called ourselves the Team E girls, so the girls I was doing triathlon yeah. with, mm-hmm. one of the, I thought I needed to go back to work. That was what that was what started it, and I was talking to one of the girls, and I loved my personal trainer, mm-hmm. and she and one of the girls said, "Why don't we go and do our cert three and cert four in fitness? Mm-hmm. That would be fun." And I'm like, "Yeah, maybe I could become a personal trainer." <laughs> I loved going to mine, so for a year I went to TAFE. Um, yeah. I found it extremely hard. Yeah. I wasn't used to being back in a school environment again yeah. and learning and stuff. But a year later, I came out with my Cert 3 and my Cert 4. Well done. Fitness, as, Good a, job. as a personal trainer. And I was very fortunate that when I worked, when I used to go to the gym with my daughter and the lady who I met in the shop, the bike shop, oh, yeah. um, Odette. One of, Odette, <laughs> one of her personal trainers also was into horses and we were quite good friends on Facebook and I knew she worked in a studio in close quite close to my house Mm -hmm. and so I contacted her one day and I said I had started to do my own thing with little groups but it wasn't really going anywhere 
And I thought, I need to do something serious. So I contacted this lady and I said, this studio where you work, is there any chance that I can come and do work experience? I need to go another stage before maybe I can get myself a job. And, and so we had a meeting and I met the, the boss of the studio and they agreed that I could go like three afternoons a week, two or three, hour, two or three hours and just kind of shadow and watch what was going on, which is what I did. So I did it for three months and then they offered me a job. Of course they did. <laughs> <laughs> so I was a personal trainer. So I was a personal trainer for seven years until I retired wow. last June. Look at that. But I'm my worst trainer. <laughs> <laughs> and here comes the... <laughs> yes. So when I was, yeah, I'm good if I've got a personal trainer for myself, but I'm not good at training myself. Yeah. But my coach does now give me, my running coach gives me strength stuff yeah. to do, which yeah. I have done. Yes. And when I got my injury last year with my hamstring, I went to a lady at the long run who works um, out of Sean's premises mm -hmm. for Ultra Series. And she gave me a strength program to do. And I religiously did it right up until Delirious. So, and then stopped. And then I stopped. <laughs> so I'm kind of weaning myself back on again. I've got I've got everything in my front room. I've got kettlebells and yep. dumbbells and stuff. All those things. So, all those things. <laughs> I just need to push myself to actually go and do it. A bit like me, I, I buy a book and I'm like, well, I bought the book now. Oh, I have to read it. I don't know what's going on. Yes. <laughs> yes, I know. I don't know. So I totally understand that. <laughs> I, do, I, do, um, I do. I am a still of the gym, uh, not the gym where I was working, but the other gym. So body balance was a big thing that, and I need to get back to that. My hamstring actually didn't like me doing that. So I stopped doing it for a while, but I do need to get back back into that. And I do do the little sessions that my coach gives me, mm -hmm. which I can easily do. I can easily do at home. Yeah. All right. But, and yeah. so when you, when you were injured, were you off running for a little while? I walked. Yeah. So I, I, I didn't run. Just I moving. just hiked. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And I could still, I could still do everything. But just at the slower pace. Yeah. And did so it's fortunate. Did you were you thinking about running all the time? <laughs> you know, when yes. You were, like I it's wish I could worse. run. Everybody's yes. now running. It's not fair. <laughs> Why is it when you do when that happens and somebody goes running past yep. you and you go, Oh, that's not fair. I wish mm. I could do that. And often when I run past somebody, I often think, are they walking because they want to walk? Or are they walking because they're injured and they can't yeah. run and they're looking at me and going, oh, you lucky thing. I wish. You're running. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which is bizarre, but I think it's so true. The more you can't do something. The more you want generally, to. Generally, the more you want to. Grass is always yes. greener on the other side. It is. It is. <laughs> so <laughs> how long do you think that you'll run for, Sue? I look at some of those ladies. That, so even I, I can tell through... Facebook and through Aura, mm -hmm. there's a lady, I think she's in her 70s still. Yeah. Marie Boyd is her name. Well, I don't know her, but she's certainly, yeah. I look at her and she's in her 70s and she's still doing amazing stuff. Yeah. Wouldn't that be cool to still be absolutely doing I, stuff? At, and if, even if I'm not running, if I can yeah. still hike and do stuff, yeah. that so, would be amazing. 
do you feel like running for you will always like if you consider because even now you're talking about it like events it's like yes like for you running is is signing up to events it's not it's not just going for a run on the weekend as you said earlier you can't you have to force yourself sometimes to if like to go for just a trail run for no necessary a purpose if that makes sense because you've always got a race you're running to train for anyway yes yeah yeah that's true that's true but I do love the training as much as I love the race so that's interesting it'll be interesting to see what you do in the coming decades and uh and whether you (laughs) whether you just then say sign up for races that are enough to get you trained keep you training but not necessarily the ones that they're you know, the super long distances. Exactly. Because exactly. your body maybe doesn't yeah. want to do the super long ones anymore. Well, it was perhaps. going to be the last one next yeah. season, next February. <laughs> and the thing is, the, the thing is with those long ones, it is it is long. It is feeling really yeah. brutal on your body, yeah. really, even if I'm only hiking. You don't mm. sleep very much. Mm. But as yeah. long as I can still enjoy it, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. And I still get such a buzz out of meeting everybody and, the fact that Bianca and I do it together, that's, that's, that's still the biggest, that's still the biggest thing for yeah. sure for yeah. me. So yeah. what gets you out the door on those days when it's just not very nice outside and you just don't want to go for a run today? What do you do? Because I know how good I feel afterwards. Yeah. So yeah. you still go. You're not the kind of person who just hits that alarm and just. Oh, no, no. If I've got it, if I've got to do it, I'll definitely yeah. do it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, and so, you know, I'm, because I don't go out very often on my own, when yeah. I'm out there, I actually go, this isn't so bad. <laughs> but I but I will stay local as opposed to, I, I, I've i never gone out and done a, yeah. a trail run as such really on my, on my okay. own. So you often, you from what you've said all the way through really, that most of your runs are with other people? Yes, yeah, yeah absolutely. So you have absolutely. sort of set days and times where... You all go out. Yes, for a yes. Dog. Mm-hmm. We've all got we've all got our little Facebook groups and stuff, yeah. and it's and it's so easy to just go, who's up for this, or someone else will go. I'm doing this. Who's going to join me? Yeah. Um, I've got a friend, um, Peter Moore, who's signed up to do Unreasonable, which is the other 200 miler in the Blue Mountains, uh-huh. and um, I'm very privileged to be on her crew and be one of her paces. So at the moment, all the hopefully now our kicks out of the way. Um, we've got about four or five weeks of training, and we'll do lots of vertical stuff. So go out into the national parks and do some serious, serious vertical training before before she goes over. Gosh, so I'm excited the, for that. It's amazing the the amount of people who've talked on the podcast about trail running and just the amount of community that is built up around it because even you know it's not like you you know you're going to do this quite extreme training with very steep hills and things but it's for somebody else somebody else you yeah know, it's somebody else's event that they're going and likewise I'm sure you have people who do that when you're oh, training for something crazy <laughs> absolutely I mean the crew wow. that even yes even the crew that we had for delirious were I think we had about five or six people who crewed mm-hmm. us and they gave up, you know, four or five days of their their lives to be there and be at aid stations or run with us or look after us or drive us around when we need. It was incredible. Um, it's really hard to explain, but it is, to be it? part of just somebody else's journey, even with the other lady, um, Darlene, who I had paced before, just to be part of her journey is it's really special and it's an amazing community. And what we have here in 
in Perth. I mean, I'm sure it's the same in the in other states as well. They would have their own little co communities like yeah. that, but there's nothing yeah. like it. It's mm. very privileged to be part of it. It's really cool. I love it. Um, also, it was a question I was, oh, that's right. Do you have, because you're running with people a lot, do you um, ever listen to anything or is it like always sort of, you know, chatting or or just um, companionable silence? Is that? I like that word. That yes. Word, so, yes, it, but I know what you mean. So, no, I don't listen to music. Mm -hmm. um, I think this is one of the th good, like, so with other people when we go out, there's always the chit-chat, um, but there's also com companionable silence. That's Bianca good. and I have got very good at that. Yeah. So we will have hours maybe when we're not talking, but you then, then you pick up the conversation yeah. again. And yet the other, um, when I did the last race, I did the 24-hour. Um, I've always done that on my own. I mean, everyone else is around, but, yeah. but I was with a guy for like 12 hours overnight and we and it was lovely and we just chatted through the dark hours and actually and heard his stories and stuff and that was actually really nice but out in the bush during the day I'm very happy with just listening to the bush oh, and the cool. odd chit chat yeah, yeah yeah I'm a big fan of companionable silence yeah that's lovely that just kind of do you ever have anybody who's kind of annoying <laughs> We're very lucky. We, we, I know what you mean. Um, and I'm there has been times. I mean, normal marathons that come along with their boom box or whatever, oh, or, or someone or, who just won't stop talking to you. Yes. Even or, though you don't. It's okay. I know what okay. you mean. Or sometimes we've done races. Um, yeah. So there's a one in um, Australia called the um, Aussie Day 100 is the one that we've done, but there is a yeah. 50K and a 25. And sometimes somebody will come past and you hear their their phone go fast. If you'll give them their pace, like 5Ks, yeah. average, 6 minute 30. And I think, oh, my goodness, imagine listening to that every <laughs> kilometre. That would drive me absolutely crazy. Or I've been out in the bush with Bianca and somebody, there might be two or three people maybe behind us who aren't with us, Yeah, who don't stop talking. Mm. And we just have to let them go because that I can't do that. I don't, that want, I don't want it to listen to their conversation. So I'll try and, you know, either we have to pick up the pace or let them go because that would, that would drive me crazy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But we're lucky. None of our, none of our running group are like that. No, no. It's a silly question really. But <laughs> it is true. I mean, some people do like conversation or noise or whatever, yeah. but none. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got to find that. A happy balance. The balance. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. Which when I'm with Bianca for hours and hours on end, yeah. fortunately we have got. Yeah, it's a great relationship actually, like just to be able to have that. It's very special. Yeah, it's very mm. special. Yeah. Um, what are you thinking about? I know that because obviously, as we've said, even though you run mostly with people and some of the time you're chatting, there are times when you're not. So what kind of things go through your brain without without being sort of details? What sort of things do you? No, I don't think a great deal, to be yeah. honest. I just enjoy the, the scenery of what's around. Um, when I had my hamstring, that was in my head. Yeah. Like yeah. I wish it would go away, and, it, and and what was it like to run when it didn't hurt? And that sort of thing. Yeah. But the majority of the time, just enjoy the 
the surroundings, the scenery, be thankful that I'm lucky enough to be out there. Yeah, totally. Um, but there's really not, I don't think there's yeah. a lot that goes on. It's kind of nice, empty space yeah, with no, just being no stress. Moment. Yeah, no stress. Don't, yep. have, don't have any worries to worry about the majority of the time. <laughs> it's kind of um, it's like a mindful sort of experience for you, yes, I guess, where we're yes. not, because our lives are so busy, busy, busy. busy. And even when we're not busy, we pick up our phone and we can be like have things pounding at us all the yes. time. So I love that you say that yeah, that it's almost nothing. And nothing. It's almost like meditation, isn't it? When you've like not actually got anything to think about, you exactly. can just go with what's happening. Yeah. And I've just said this numerous enjoy. times, but they've now done studies to say that our brains are just like uh, what happens to our brains when we're running for a majority of us looks very similar to meditation. Ah, so the things that are going yes. on in your brain, yeah, most of the time, obviously not depending on how stressful your run is, but yes, <laughs> yeah, those kind of moments actually, what's going on in your brain is that looks exactly the same like meditation. The the neural pathways and things are reacting. Ah, interesting. So that's yes. really cool. I yes, like that fact that is cool. <laughs> Which is probably why we feel so good when you've come back from a run. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially amazing. as I don't, I always say when I look at the front runners, thank goodness I don't have to do what they do. That's so stressful. You know, it's so stressful. Like they turn up at the, the start line and then they, you know, it's got to be hard work. Oh, yeah. i got to try and win this or I've got to try yeah. and do this time. Or, I'm so fortunate I don't have to do that. Yeah. All I have to do is try and get to the finish line. Yep. And enjoy the bits in between. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, that, the journey there should be. It's the know, main thing. It, yeah, exactly. So and I've always said that, even with I triathlon, that. I loved the training. Yes, the journey is more most of it. The event at the end is the icing on the cake. Mm -hmm. And I have had times when I haven't been able to be at the start line. Yeah. And it's devastating. But at least you can think, well, at least I had all that great journey to get there. Yeah. And there'll be another time. Exactly. To get out there again. There's Definitely. Yeah. A, I love yeah. that. That's a yeah. great way to look at it. Um, is there... Well, what could would you say your life would be like had you not started running? So how's running improved your life? Oh, I, oh my goodness. I can't even imagine. Devastating, I would think. I would be <laughs> I would be probably about 10 kilos heavier, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly wouldn't have the community of friends that I have got yeah, yeah. now. So I'd probably be lonely as well. Oh. Um I, yeah, it's really hard to imagine, Michelle. I but I have said, and it's interesting because I went and helped um, unpack the trailer. So we could do, we get to do volley duties over here, which it is always nice to go and do. And I was talking yeah. to one of the chaps who was helping and he's injured at the moment. So he, he has been helping with all the volunteer things. Yeah. And I said to him, he said, because I, I like to keep in the loop. And I said, that's exactly right. So if I, now I've got this community, if I couldn't run, I could volunteer. Yes. So that I could still be part of it and, and help people volunteer at events so that I would still have that social contact mm. because that social contact for me has been a massive, massive thing. And I even when I, you know, years ago, I didn't have a huge amount of friends. Yeah. So, and in the horse world industry, it's different again. Yeah. You don't get that kind of yeah. connection. connection. Mm. Um Certainly with the triathlon, that was that was the start of mm. an amazing group of friends and it's just grown from then. And I I've had people even 
talk the same about, um, say, park runs. I mean, we're talking oh, sort of definitely. kind of running, but definitely yes. that community and that ability yes. to easily volunteer and be part of it, even if you're injured or just yes. not running yet. Like you, exactly. You and people have made so many friends through mm. through that as well. Mm. And so it doesn't have to be ultra running. Yeah. You know, yeah, those people on a Saturday morning they go and do their five k, and it's probably the highlight of their week. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, but they make great great friends. Um, oh, definitely. We have held you up a really long time, but I do appreciate <laughs> the amount of time that you've given us. Uh, your story is fascinating. I love it. Love it. Oh, to thank be you. Honest. Well, thanks for having it's me. Been on. Amazing. But before we go. I wanted to ask you for some tips for beginner runners. So if someone comes up, comes up to you and said, Sue, I want to start running, what would you advise them from your now, what you've told us is great big breadth of experience and personal training as a uh, <laughs> qualification as well. So you're very well qualified to answer this question. <laughs> um, don't go out too fast. Don't yeah. try and run too fast. Like people think when they first start running that they just have to belt it out there. Mm slow it down yeah. keep your heart rate down breathe enjoy mm. don't set too big goals mm -hmm. keep them small and that goes back to triathlon break it down into those three um disciplines mm -hmm. don't think of the big picture so with the delirious think of the eight stations one step at a time yeah. and that's the same with running just build slowly just build slowly and it's not all about being fast no, um, in, yes enjoy in fact when my sister first tried to well when she was coaching me one of the biggest things she said was when you particularly if you do start picking up this is even for like a 10k and you're a beginner if you can chat you're going fast enough yeah. if you can't chat you're going too fast slow yeah. it down that would be my biggest tip just don't don't race off the blocks I get very, sure. um, I'm very good with a couple of my friends at being the question asker. Ah, uh, nice. <laughs> so that I don't have to do all the talking. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes, that's great. <laughs> that's much better. <laughs> um, and then I, that's when I, and then if they turn the tables on me and ask me a question and I'm having trouble answering <laughs> without having to, I'm like, oh, maybe I'm running too fast now. Anyway, so yes. yes, I do. I've heard um, that many times, and I, yes. I agree. With so that, that one, that advice. Find a buddy. Find a find a buddy. And I always said, oh, I only need one person, but if three people turn up, that's great. Yeah. Um, if you can find someone to be accountable with, it will yes. get you out on those mornings when it's dark yeah. or it's raining. Mm -hmm. um, if you're meeting somebody, then you'll get up and you'll go. I love it. That's great. Yes. <laughs> oh well so thank true. you so this has been amazing i have okay. really enjoyed getting to know you um thank you thank you're you awesome. so much all these people i keep talking to who are doing these ultra trail runs it's just making me feel like you need to join I us can do an ultra trail. <laughs> <laughs> of course you can of course you can beyond the 60 days we'll see yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> slowly day. slowly just one day think to 100k next or yes. 50 miles which is 80 80 something and you, look, you, you get good at other kinds of maths too, the imperial to the... <laughs> yes, exactly. I know. Oh and that's God. the trouble with Sean, that none of his distances are ever what he says they're going to be. Oh. So even the delirious 200 miler, which should be 320, was 353 k. What? <laughs> oh, who's counting over that distance? That's True. <laughs> and you'd, you'd hate it if it was shorter. Uh, definitely. I said yes, that to someone definitely. the other day, that exact thing. I'm like, 
runners don't care if it's you know a little bit percentage longer. over but if you're even like tiny bit short yes you're in trouble you are in trouble <laughs> absolutely <laughs> Anyway, Sue, um, stay on because I'll say goodbye to you off the call. But again, I do appreciate the time you've shared with us. It's been amazing. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, Michelle. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast. I'd love to talk to you about your running journey. So send me a message on Facebook or on the website and let's do it. For a bunch of resources on mindful running that will help you get and stay mentally and physically fit, head over to the website fitmindfitbody.co and I'll see you there. Plus, I'll be back here in your podcast player a few times a week. Hit subscribe now so that you don't miss an episode. And before you go, I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a review. It'll help more people to find the podcast and get inspired to start running. I'll see you soon. Bye.